Welcome to Australian Design Radio to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn. Matt Leach is here. Hello. How are you? We've got Josie here again as well. Yeah. From Christopher Doyle. I'm just going to be Ooh, here too. forever now. Helping us out? Yeah. <laughs> it's a three, three host show now. Yeah. No, it's not. But hi, thanks for having me and again. And we have yeah, George Rose here. How does it guys. feel having like a panel of like questioners? Oh, it's a little, as I gotta say, it's a little bit intimidating. Sort of like, <laughs> I'm sitting in this I rather large chair. Just tell us the truth. <laughs> we've got some really hard questions for you, actually. Good, good. Bring it. Probably the hardest we've ever had. <laughs> Don't you think? Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't tell whether you're being serious or not. <laughs> She's looking at me like, really? I'm like, Man, collections of good. questions that no one else could answer over yeah. the last three and a half years. Yeah. So just gonna, that's you're all just like, you've just been, had like a, a file put aside, you've just dug yeah. it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's the George file. <laughs> well, we're in Brisbane, so we're up here for the design conference, and you're speaking tomorrow? Yeah, on Friday. Which would be exciting. You're doing a workshop as well? Yeah, um, a breakout with um, Wacom, so I'll just be going through some of my processes because uh, a part of my process is digital on computers. So, yeah. so we're about to head in. We're actually doing this early morning. We're about to head into first the first day. day, which is really exciting. Chris Doyle up first. Yes. Uh, which, which will be really good. I love this conference. It's just so... Relaxed. It really is. Wait, what do you Some, mean? We're so, doing so okay. much stuff. I know. We're, we're, <laughs> it's the least relaxing two-day conference. It's relaxed for the attendees. Re- relaxing for the attendees. That's true. There's a lot on and they can pick and choose and, and go I to the, the bar whenever they want. Exactly. The bar's <laughs> right Working our asses off. And, the, and there's no green room. So like the speakers are all kind of in the audience. So yeah, that's you, true. you could look next to you and one of the speakers is sitting next yeah. to you, which I really like. I so. like that. Mm. I think that's good. And last night, the opening party where people just come along and just hang out, which is really nice. It's kind of no, it doesn't feel very formal or anything mm. like that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, very it's laid good. back. It's very kind of like flat. Like it's mm. not like all the speakers go into a special room and everyone else can go over there. It's just everyone's kind of the same. Everyone's mm. on the same path. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, good. Lovely. Speaking of all the stuff that we're doing, holy moly, <laughs> are we going to make it to the end of this day? I'm feeling so, good now. Yeah, I bet you do because you're an early riser. We'll <laughs> see what, how you feel at nine o'clock running a... Yeah. Running a dinner. Um, so, we're, yeah, we're running breakout sessions with our mates from Streamtime. We're doing Q&A on stage, trying not to make fools out of ourselves, asking interesting questions or dumb questions in an interesting way. Yeah, shout out to Streamtime as well. I think we haven't mentioned it for a while, but um, Streamtime is actually free. Uh, so it's great uh, if you are a small team or something like that. Obviously, you can bump that up and pay the money and do even more stuff. Uh, but it's great for small teams and freelancers and stuff like that. So you can check that out. But let's talk about George. <laughs> so, brief bio. George Rose, multidisciplinary artist, well known for doing incredibly large walls, blending colours, gradients, textures through hand-rendered type forms. You're actually quite a hard person to, I guess, pigeonhole. Yeah. And I guess I wanted to start there. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I often have awkward discussions with, like, say, distant cousins when they go, like, what, what is it you do? Like, how, how do you explain I feel like the short answer when people say, um, what do you do? Is I just say, I paint walls. That's the shortest answer that I can give. So then they're calling you up and going, oh, I need my kitchen well, done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have to put a little like, to explain a little bit to them that it's, it's I'm an artist and I'm a mural artist and I paint walls. So it's, they're the three sort of, I guess, tacked on sentences that I could, I could use to describe it. But that's in a nutshell. Does your mum and dad understand Ah, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I think like they, they obviously they've seen me paint walls and they they know that I paint walls. But every every job I get, my mum still asks me, so um, is this out, outside? Is this outside this job? And I'm sort of like, yeah, yeah. You know how I, I'm a mural artist and I paint buildings? Well, it is outside. It's outside, mum. It's on a building. So, <laughs> so in her mind, she sees this as potentially like that when you move inside, that's you, you well, kind of made it. I actually don't. I don't know what my parents kind of think of it I've, I've kind of tried to ask them about it before and they said oh we don't really mind as long as you're happy and you're making money that's the the underlying sort of bit yeah, because i nice. i still get asked you know oh and is is this a paid job so i think they're still in that mindset of well you're an artist and you don't get paid for what you do so yeah it, that's an interesting because we were <laughs> yeah. talking about before just the idea of especially with friends and that kind of stuff do, do you have friends going oh i've got a wall can you just come and do it like do, is there some, a yeah i mean I, I used to get that a lot more than I think I do nowadays because I think when you're starting or when I was starting off, it was um, I had quite a, a multidisciplinary kind of practice and I do so many different things and, and you like initially you're just happy to paint any walls and you just go around and paint. So people would, 
would sort of offer up their spaces. But nowadays, I think people are kind of can see that it's a career and it's something that I, I do as a job and it's a professional sort of pursuit. So I only really get approached by friends if they're wanting to engage me as an artist, um, which is really lovely because it just kind of shows a little bit of respect from, from people kind of about the field itself um, mm. and valuing it. And, and that's something that in creative fields, it's, it's really hard. So it's really nice when your friends respect what you do. <laughs> yeah. You're just reminding me of like the once a once a week, once a month kind of thing. Like, oh, hey, I just need a website real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Together. I wonder if it's because it's a physical thing. It's like, can you come here and paint this stuff? I wonder if that helps the idea that it's a craft. Maybe. More so than us where it's like, you just sit in front of your computer all day anyway. Can't you just like whack together yeah. a logo real quick? Well, I mean, I guess it's still that age-old tropes of people going oh but you love doing it yeah, yeah. oh sure. but you're doing yeah. what you love so yeah. why would you why I, can, would I can help you out yeah, yeah like i've got a wall and you love painting walls and it's like yeah i also love eating and paying my rent yeah. <laughs> you said that like you were like taking your dog to the park you're like oh you love the park yeah. <laughs> uh speaking of paying rent actually i was chatting to you yesterday you mentioned yeah. that you flew from Cairns to Melbourne and then to Brisbane. Yeah. And I was like, so where are you based? And you're like, Melbourne. Actually, no, Melbourne's where I pay the rent, but you're kind of all over the place. I yeah. love that. Yeah, <laughs> Melbourne's, Melbourne's where, where I pay, I pay the, rent. the rent. I can't say that I live there because I'm not there very often. I mean, I, you know, that's where all my belongings are. And every once in a while I go home. But then when people ask me, where do you live? I just generally say, well, I pay rent in Melbourne, but you know, paint walls, you have to travel around to put the walls to paint them. So yeah, that's just kind of a... You've, I mean, you've referred to yourself as a pretend gypsy as well. Is that, yeah. kind of, <laughs> is that like the next step to like, you, you get rid of the base and you're just like bag, I, bag on the back? I have been thinking about that for like a couple of years now. And every once in a while, I, I sort of say, I'm going to pack everything up and put it in storage. So I, I feel like at some stage, it's an almost inevitable that I will pack everything into storage. But right now... It's super important to me to have that base that I can go back to and just kind of unwind and know where everything is and have a studio where I can just kind of make a mess and throw all of my paint tins in, get new stuff and go again. So it's, it is really nice to know that it's there just even for my mental state, just to mm. yeah. have somewhere that I can, like, I know is mine. <laughs> that's yeah. not just like my parents' house or someone else's couch. Yeah. But yeah, I mean... It's just a weird sort of existence, really. Like you know, we spoke a little bit about this this idea that you're kind of on this this street art trail. Can you explain more about what that is? You can call it like the festival circuit. So mm. in in the same way that there's like a conference circuit and there's like a music festival circuit, especially in the warmer months, there's also uh, it's becoming more popular or more common in Australia, at least, that there's a a, a festival circuit for murals mm. and mural painting. And this has been, you know, overseas for a while. There's been bigger and bigger festivals. The probably most well-known one is Pow Wow, which started in Hawaii, which now franchised out into I don't even know how many different countries. So in the warmer months, there's quite a few and popping up in rural communities in Australia, which is really lovely to see. But it's over the warmer months, so you sort of zip around to lots of different places. And then uh, during winter, generally try and get overseas to a couple of different places to paint as well, just to avoid the cold really yeah. no, I don't really <laughs> like winter it's not my thing <laughs> I guess on this you you might sort of see similar people like you yeah. work with similar artists and yeah it's because it's so fractured sort of my my lifestyle I don't have any consistency in it it means that the friends that I do have I don't really see often um, but people that I am seeing more and more are the same are people who are in the same kind of patterns as me so people who are traveling around to these locations and painting and and people who are going to festivals and we all sort of talk online and chat as well um, because we've all got kind of similar issues and problems yep. and well not even issues and problems but we all just kind of have similar lives and so the people that you tend to kind of become really close with are the people who just kind of exist or live in the same existence as you. It's, I mean it's still quite a small community in Australia so if you don't know someone you'll know all of them and you'll eventually meet them. So I'm, you're never in any rush to kind of meet it, someone because you're like, oh, well, I know, I'll see you at some stage, one of the festivals. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's like alone together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and with these festivals, like, how are they funded? Is it councils or? Yeah. So generally it's council. For example, the Wall to Wall Festival in Benalla was started by Sean Hossack, the person who runs Jaddy Roller. And that, that was just an independent project that he started. But as soon as the local government or local council saw how popular it was and how much it kind of brought energy to the town and enlivened it and how the murals weren't these scary 
graffiti paintings yeah. and that they actually really liked them that they started to kind of get behind it to the point where now it's becoming bigger and bigger and much more organized and so that was a sort of a grassroots festival that started that way but a lot of a lot of local councils are just sort of wanting to start this and wanting to bring artists into the space to try and attract tourism or attract you know boost the economy in their areas so it's a really good way of I mean because we've got for example like the silent art trial also down in Victoria, that's something that now people are specifically going to a lot that's of these smaller. Yeah. yeah, so it's it, and people are seeing that it's working. Art, mm. art is bringing people into these areas, and so they're really in, investing a lot of money into it. Um, it's, it's probably a really cheap way to give the town some new life. Like, yeah, a, 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 opposed to like putting in a new building or, or, or a park or something. It's yeah, like, I mean, if you yeah, if you compare painting murals to putting in a building, it's definitely a lot yeah. a lot of a cheaper sort of investment. Yeah, and I mean, everyone really likes it. I, I, I went and painted at a Tumby Bay recently, which is this, this tiny town in South Australia, and everyone was just amazing. Like the communities rallied around the artists and everyone came and spoke to us and I had this, oh, oh gosh, he must have been like 89-year-old man take me out kayaking on oh, wow. like one morning. And so cool. Like it was just, it, it was really great to see that as well and when we all left we got messages from them being like guys we feel really weird now that you're not in our town can you just come back and <laughs> so there's just so many positive aspects to having these kind of festivals beyond like a monetary value but it's um it's that chance for them to really show off their town as well yeah 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 it's really nice now you've got a manager eddie zamet <laughs> Love it. It's the M word. Yeah. <laughs> is it a manager or, <laughs> manager or yeah, agent? Um, or is there, a, is there a difference? I'm really vague about this because he's really vague about this. <laughs> so I say to people, I'm, I work with Eddie Zammett. Yeah, he um, manages the back ends of my projects and, you know, he talks to people. He liaises with clients, and but he's he doesn't like the, the M word. And so oh, I, right. I try very hard not to use the M word. <laughs> Collaborate it with could, Eddie Zammett. Oh, I feel like when you use that word, in the context of art, it means something different. It means right, you're true. making art together. But I work with him. He manages my projects. <laughs> he's, so my ma- he's my manager. The, the oh, he quest- represents me. Maybe, he, right. Maybe you're represented by we did it. Eddie. <laughs> no, we got it. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> so I guess the question is how important to have someone who kind of deals with that side of things. Mm, I would say now, having been on both sides of the fence, this this side of the fence is a... Uh, so much better <laughs> it's um it's it's really hard to do everything on your own. you can do it and lots of lots of people do and lots of artists manage themselves and are kind of going home and doing their emails and and tax and whatever else I mean there's still there's still quite a lot that I I do as well but just having that extra bit of support is just so invaluable to the work that I do because last week I was you know 10 days up on a, a boom lift and I couldn't answer emails and I couldn't talk to clients and I couldn't organized dates and there these are all things that he can handle whilst I'm busy kind of being covered in paint so it's I, I think lo- it's I really love important the fact that you say that and we're looking at you and you've got paint and I'm, still, yes. and I'm still covered in paint <laughs> <laughs> it's just that's my life <laughs> I think it's really important for artists or creatives to kind of be working with other people you can definitely do it on your own like I'm not trying to take away from that fact but um I just it just helps push you so much further in what you can achieve because it frees up a lot of space, a lot more space to, I mean, even just mental space to be able to sort of think, oh, okay, well, Eddie's got that. He's going to, you know, go to that meeting for me instead and he'll be like, you know, present and be my face and so I can go and do this other thing and or think about this project or kind of problem solve and really focus in on what I'm good at rather than trying to do the things that I'm terrible at. So, <laughs> <laughs> Your murals as well are getting bigger, aren't they? Because I remember yeah. when we spoke before you were... Mm. This is quite a quite a while ago, I guess. But you you were talking about this idea that they're getting bigger, and your your brain is kind of moving to bigger kind of things, like thinking in that bigger sort of mm. way. Yeah, How, is that still evolving? Yeah, the goal for me, I've always wanted to paint big. Like that's just kind of even you know three or four years ago before I was kind of doing this the way that I am now. I, I was always like, I want to want to be big. I want to play with the big boys. I want to be up there and like on the drop you know the drop stages and on the sides of buildings and so that's always been something that I've been working towards doing and it's funny because you just kind of get used to things and never really think about it so for example a wall just on the side of a house would have once been a really big wall to me but now I look at it and I'm sort of like oh it's kind of a little wall like so just 
the what you get it's used really to. Really going to be cramping my style if I <laughs> if I do that. <laughs> it's sort of because I I was I I'd, I'd love to have a show and I'm sort of working on doing that. Except that working on canvases now is really hard. Yeah. It's really hard to scale down your skill set and what I can do because I'm like oh well I know how to paint big now and there it's a completely different thing to painting on a a canvas that's like you know even two by two meters and that's a big canvas not many people will be able to have that in their house so it's just finding a middle middle ground for your out your you know the artistic output wherever it is but yeah it's I I super enjoy the the larger scale pieces you know the sides of buildings and the the bigger kind of thing so it must be really hard to sort of show people what that looks like as well because you know when you stand in front of one of your murals it's about being there and standing and seeing mm. it as it is and it's I imagine it's quite hard to capture in photography totally I mean so the interesting thing with the work that I do is and it's a blessing and a curse I think I I like to see it as a positive is that the the color that I work with because I'm super interested in color theory and I just really love playing with it and pushing and and making works that when you stand in front of it, your eyes just kind of it like um, vibrates off one another. And there's, there's, I can create different effects with that. But um, when you take a photo of it, it never comes up the same because the camera, the camera just can't, doesn't have the capacity to capture those sorts of colors and, and the effects that I create. So it's really, it's a nice thing that it forces people to have to go and see the murals. And there's a there's a theatre about going to see the artwork in its place. There's a there's a theatre about creating it, and it's it's almost like a performance piece. And when you're there in person, and you kind of are a little bit overwhelmed by the scale or or the context or sort of where it is situated, and that's something that's really important that people kind of go and do. But the funny thing is that you know murals don't last forever. They mm. they 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 wear they fade they have a life of their own and then you know eventually they disappear and they might live for like a couple of months and then they might live for like you know a couple of years or 10 years or maybe they'll be there in their old signage that's kind of you know the way that we see signage at the moment so the fact that you have to go and see these murals there's only a limited amount of time that you can go and see them as well in their lifespan otherwise the digital copies just aren't yeah. aren't the same it's never it's never the same to see just a a picture on a screen taking especially. a landscape photo of like a beautiful yeah photo. totally vista and you just look at it and you're like oh you're like oh that it was really nice at the yeah. time yeah. <laughs> guys it was really good I, <laughs> yeah and you it's have the sounds to believe and the smells me. and all, yeah. the, all the other stuff that sort of comes with it and yeah and and how often are you sort of do you always get to see the wall and inspect the space and look at it from no. multiple angles before you get there no, 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 or do you no, sometimes no. Up and think, <laughs> i got the dimensions but from this angle it was totally oh do you know what i've never been given the right dimensions from anyone <laughs> ever wow like if you think about that that's crazy yeah. i once went to i went to taiwan this is the 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 craziest one is um last year when I went to Taiwan and, and they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, no, the walls are like maybe like, you know, um, one and a half meters high and maybe like, I don't know, 60 meters long. And I was like, okay, all right, that's a really long wall. Okay, that's all right. I can do that. I'll, I'll just kind of plan. And I ordered the paint and I got there and I looked at it and I was like, this looks, this, this doesn't, I don't think this is 60 meters long, guys. And they're like, what? What do you mean? And I measured it and I was like, it's um, it's 180 meters long, wow. and it's that's quite a difference. Two meters oh. high and 2.4 meters high in places, and like, yeah, yeah I was like, just just stretch. <laughs> I'm gonna need a bigger brush. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have the paint. I was yeah. like, I'm only gonna be able to do as much as I can, and so I, I kind of, sp yeah, I did. I spread it out and lots, lots of big gaps. Yeah, there was like, it kind of petered out towards one end, and the other end, it just kind of like. Oh, I, I hope you came up with the rationale. Like, I really wanted the the water spread. <laughs> Oh, that was just yeah. I I kind of just looked at it and I was like, I don't know what I'm. Oh, this is this is new. <laughs> like, <I> just, <laughs> so how long? Like, what's what's your time limit on doing that? Uh, generally, it's funny because it doesn't matter about the size of the wall. The time it takes to paint it doesn't change dramatically because of the amount of detail that goes in and, and everything right. is kind of scalable. So the longest is probably about 10 days and the shortest is probably about three days. Like, oh no, that's not, that's a lie. It's one and a half days. It's as a general rule, anywhere between four and 10 days, I'd probably expect a mural to be done in um, just given the size of the walls and the complexity of the artwork that I've been doing of late. So that's kind of what I would think. So in that case where you said you ordered the paint, mm -hmm. how much paint are we, are we talking? Um, for that, oh. For that one, I think I had to keep on ordering paint as well, which they were sort of fine fine with. But that would have been, I don't know, maybe like 30 litres that I had. 
just with a makeup of different colors and then I don't know how many cans I got probably about 20 cans wow. spray cans as well so yeah like I've, I've i've added up how much paint i've used over the last three years have you <laughs> yeah for the um so the interesting thing about this talk is it's made me kind of go back and and go through all of my projects and i was like oh i wonder like how many projects i've done and how many walls i've painted and how many square meters that would equate to and how many how many liters of paint that would be and how many flights i've taken and so i've kind of like created a, a list of of the quantities of everything and it's about 222 four liter cans of paint of like, you know, Dulux, if you think about wow. it in that way. So over three years, that's probably a, about, um, I imagine what I've gone through. So do you have like a VIP card? With <laughs> you, like, <laughs> like frequent painters. Yeah. yeah. There's, um, it's every 300 cans. You get yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just like, come on, 300. <laughs> how, many, how many cans of jelly beans have you got for free? Do they still do that? I don't, know. Like... I don't think they do that anymore. Oh, I saw that's that disappointing. The last time I saw that was like a few years ago. But yeah, that would be that would be good. <laughs> um, in Australia now, the paint companies are actually starting to sponsor festivals, which yeah. is good to see. And so like the um, house painting companies like Dulux and Actually, British Paints, I don't think are on it, but definitely Dulux and Taubman's are doing it. Um, and then, yeah, there's another company who I have a preference for, Rosine, and that's they're sort of starting to, uh, to sponsor the festivals oh, and so amazing. they'll probably start to sort of sponsor artists as well and whatever else. So, that's yeah, it's, it's cool that they're doing that because they're moving out of the traditional house painting thing yeah. role and really getting behind the creative like field. Our products can be used for yeah. other things as well. well yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Still painting houses, just in a different way. Yeah, <laughs> true. So, what, 180 by two meters. Is that your biggest one that you've done? Um, oh, I should have looked at <laughs> what was my biggest job out of all of the ones. It's kind of hard to tell because sometimes when you paint, you're painting things, you sort of like, oh, this is big, and then you compare it to something else you've done, and it might not be the same size. So you're really bad with the measurements as well. Well, <laughs> maybe not. they're giving you the right measurements, and you get there, and you're like, "This isn't." <laughs> well, for the, I mean, for the amount of walls that I've, I've painted, I, I don't remember all of the sizes. I kind of yeah. like, I do a job, and then I'm like, "Okay, on to the next one." But um, I did a collaboration with Fibs in Sydney, and we painted an apartment complex. So that was probably the biggest square meterage because it was, it went for in between um, King Street and a, a back street kind of in Newtown. So it was a whole street on one side, and then it kind of wrapped around the edge there. Um, and that was probably also wow. the longest one as well because that, that, that took 10 days and by the end of it, we were crazy. We were just like, I don't, I don't want to see this wall ever again. <laughs> oh, wow. This is just too much. And also we, we went crazy on detail as well because every day we'd just get there and start adding more and more and then stand back and ask each other, why, why, why did you start putting, why did I stop? I don't understand. <laughs> Oh, so you started doing something in one area and you're like, oh my gosh, we're going yeah, to do that Yeah, now we have to do the whole, the whole thing. Because <laughs> whatever you do here, you just have to roll it out everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it gets a bit intense sometimes, especially when you sort of don't know when to stop. How <laughs> planned are the artworks before you kind of start them, I guess? I mean, everyone's different, but I do like having, I do like knowing what I'm going to do because I'm a bit of a planner. I, I like the process of actually going through and drawing it and, and creating something tailored for the space. Yeah. Um, but when you get there, you always do have to alter designs. Yep. You can never go exactly what it is. So even when I give designs to clients and mock-ups, I'll say, look, you know, this is just an indication. So it's going to change on the wall depending on what the wall's like or um, the space or the viewing angle or mm. there's so many variables that actually change the way that you paint on a surface. Yeah, it does, it does change in the space. But it, it generally, when people kind of see the, the mock-up, and they see the the final result. I, I generally no one can sort of tell the difference. I can because it's sort of like, well, you know, there's these huge obvious changes, but a lot of the time clients never never really notice the differences between like what I have sent through and what I have done. Yeah. And I guess that's the beauty of kind of when you're painting or when you're creating artwork on a wall and y you can just subtly shift things to make it better, but no one else knows that that's what you've done. And it's yeah. the same with design. Like, you know, you just really subtle changes tighten up a design and yeah, tighten definitely. up something and and you just do the same thing on a wall, so. Yeah. You were talking before about um, you're doing a thing with Wacom to talk about sometimes or all the time. Do you, do you always start with a computer? Do you often, um, you know, I'm assuming getting into Illustrator based on some of your work to yeah, mop um, things up or have a bit of a play around? I guess because I've got a design training, like I, I come from a design background, a graphic design. I It's always been a part of my process ever since university to use a computer. And so it's always 
I sometimes move away from it. I sometimes kind of go back towards it, but it generally is, it, it helps speed up the process. And, you know, I'm a commercial artist and so I, I work on a commission basis, which, is, which means that clients come to me, they say, I've got this wall and I want to do this thing with it. And so I go, okay, cool, let me just metabolize all of the information that you've fed me and then I'll spit out a design. And so usually my process is that I'll work um, on paper, I'll either do pattern making or mark making or um, I'll, I'll use brushes and, and do text and then I'll transfer that into a computer and I'll digitize it. Um, I might vector it or I might just work in Photoshop. So Photoshop and Illustrator are the two that I, I use mostly. Um, and then I'll mock it up on the wall if, I, if they provide an image or I might go and take a photo if I'm close to the wall. And then I put it all in InDesign and sort of spit it back out as a, a nice little neat PDF for them to come and go, oh, this is good. This is <laughs> That's your, like your quote. You're like, it'll look something like this. Yeah, like, mm, here it is. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's definitely always been a part of the process that I do. And, and it means that when they come back to me, I can go, okay, well, you didn't like that colorway or you didn't like that positioning. I can change all of these things because I've got all of the separate elements and I can just yeah. move them around and jiggle yeah. them. As, a, as opposed to if you were doing it by hand, then that's quite a labor intensive kind of yeah job. yeah well I mean some people just do sketches by hand and then they'll send it through and if there's any changes that need to be done they have to go back and redo the sketch and so yeah. that's just such a, a labor intensive thing and and I, th I think it's always better to work smarter rather than harder and so it's just figuring out what the best process and what the best best method is to do it um and because I, I'm really into processes anyway it just kind of makes sense mm. when you say you're really into processes talk us through <laughs> what that means um some i mean when when people are creating art it's it's such a wishy-washy kind of idea like lots of people kind of think of art as being like you get inspiration and then you put it out there i'm waiting for the inspiration yeah there's, there's this idea of, of waiting for something which i i just don't agree with in the slightest like i what i do is art and it is also a job i get paid for it and you can't just wait around for creativity and inspiration to hit you. So you kind of have to know how to cultivate it yourself. And so in order to cultivate it, I've just created a, a process for myself that I, I kind of know, okay, well, if I've got a project coming up, I just feed it through these things and then I'll have an output at the end. So I don't worry. I don't ever worry about getting inspired. I don't ever worry about, you know, am I going to be creative? Am I going to be able to do this? Because I know that I've got that process in place. I know that I've got these boundaries that I've set up for myself that I've got, areas that I can springboard off I you know I restrict how I think about things and then I can use all of these ideas and this is all you know things that I learned in uni so I can use mm. all of this to in order to create something and at the end have something to show people so I was yeah. just going to ask whether it yeah that design process yeah you know, yeah that training kind of has fed into it yeah it, it totally is I the design training taught me how to think it's a, it's an interesting I always say you know I because I did graphic design at uni and then I did fine arts as well um, just for a year and the way that we teach artists compared to the way that we teach designers is so different and I just don't I didn't like the way that artists were taught it makes a lot more sense that the way that the design is taught because it is just setting up a structure of thought patterns and how you um, tackle problems I always think about what I do as problem solving and so it's just it just gives you a structure in order to be able to handle that and to be able to do something I think, I don't know, a lot of the time when we're teaching fine artists, it's much more about self-driven and thought and mm. there's not as much of this process or practicality about it, which means that it's harder to come up with something creative just on the spot like that. Mm. So I'm, I'm so happy that I do have that basis for my, my practice at the moment. Like I'm, I'm from a design background and, you know, I'm super proud of it. So it's <laughs> amazing. You're yeah. super proud of it, but I've seen you write about it, and you've written about this idea that you abandoned your. I, yeah, no, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and that implies, I guess, a sense of urgency. Ha <laughs> ha. What What happened? Um. Well, I was never a designer. I might have this training, but I um. I was never a designer. Like even in, even in school, the the lecturers would take me aside and be like, "Look, um." Like you're super creative. We love what you do, but you're just not a designer. Like you know. The, the wow. Yeah, I know. And That's a pretty brutal thing for a teacher. <laughs> yeah. I know. I oh, the, it wasn't even the worst one that I got, which was like. What's the worst one? Oh, which, I had a, a lecturer pull me aside, and she was just like, "Yeah, you're like you're not a designer, but um, look, you, you're either going to be really amazing, really great, or nothing." 
And that's what I was like, oh, just like go hard and go home. Options? Oh, it was just I was and I think she meant it as like a like a yeah, go get them. Go out into the yeah, world. Yeah, but and, just say the first and, part. Yeah, and I was just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah. sorry, I just That's had this. a terrifying like, second part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, so. love, I love the fact that teacher is now doing motivational speeches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Touring the world. <laughs> oh, no. I did, I mean, I did try and do design. I, I worked, um, I accidentally got a job when I left. Well, I was, I was doing an internship at, um, I think peer group in Sydney at the time and they were sort of like, yeah. oh, go and get a job. Like, you know, you're too good to be doing this for free. Go and, go and get a job. So I did. And it lasted four months. Like <laughs> it just wasn't, it wasn't for me, the nine to five, the kind of the repetitive tasks. And, and the only thing that I, I really truly enjoyed about when I was designing and, and doing design was branding because that was the most creative that I could yeah. be. Like I'd talk to clients and I'd be able to, to work with type and, you know, shapes and colors and, and branding was really interesting and fun for me, but things like layout and you know, anything that required a lot of finicky kind of fiddling around with and whatever else, I just I just didn't have the patience for it and I didn't enjoy it. I hated it. And also being somewhere every day from nine to five or from eight to six or from seven until 8 p.m. Like, you know, I just couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Inside as well. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. So I did, I did try. And like for a couple of years, I... I sort of jumped through a few different agencies and I ended up in one that if I had wanted to be a designer, it would have been perfect. It was this really niche, tiny agency in Canberra with these two amazing women and they were they kind of had a focus on doing artistic and arts-based kind of design and I still only lasted, you know, I don't know, it was, might have been like six months there before I was like, okay, I think I need to, I think I need to just go now. <laughs> what was the tipping point where you said, okay, I think I need to look at this art thing? Because I was, by that stage, I really downsized my, I, I downsized the hours that I was doing. So I was doing a three-day week with them. And I was also involved in an emerging arts festival called You Are Here in Canberra. And I was doing my own stuff on the side. And then that was picking up a lot more. So my own freelance and my own art practice and commissions were kind of getting to a point where I didn't have time to work. So it... It, it kind it. of yeah, <laughs> it I, kind of. This is nice, but I don't have time for it. <laughs> it was it was a combination of that and um, the house that I was living with. Um, I was actually living with my boss at the time, and her partner was moving over from the UK, and so I had to. The idea was that I would live there until he came over, and then I'd move out, and they'd you know have a house together. I was like, oh, this is the perfect time that I can just move. I'll just mm. I'll just move to Melbourne. It'll be a clean break. I'll stop working for anyone and I'll just try and make this work. I'll try and do do art because I can't seem to do anything else and I didn't see, sort of see any other options. I guess I kind of needed to, to move cities just so that I didn't fall back into any kind of like preconceived ideas or notions of like having to go to a, or get a job. And then when I got to Melbourne, I, I didn't really have a plan. I was just like, okay, well, art life, yes. <laughs> now I'm doing it. <laughs> Is that where the tattoos came from? Um, Around that time? No, I've been steadily, progressively getting more tattoos over over. The the two tattoos tattoo. I'm talking about are the ones oh, on your forearms. Yep. So you've got a pencil on, on your left and a paintbrush on your right. Yep. Um, I guess yeah, they would have been just after I moved to Melbourne. It's funny, I um I got these just before I did a residency in a youth justice centre. Wow. <laughs> so I got the tats before I went to jail. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, it was kind of, I never really thought about, I never put them together. Like I started being an artist and then I branded myself, <laughs> like literally. That's great. I like the idea that you're just like wandering the streets of Melbourne, kind of where all the other graffiti artists <laughs> yeah. are. And you're like, I need some tattoos. Yeah. Go get some tattoos and start walking around again and just like try to make, like make new friends and get into the, get into the crew. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it was almost just like, oh, I'm going to do this resident in a jail. I need some cred. What am I going to do for cred? Oh, I'm just going to tattoo myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. There's still like, uh, I, I think like a lot of the graphic design stuff sort of coming out through you. We've noticed that there's quite a few bits of work that aren't just on walls. So like the mm. pins, like the, mm. the pins that were done oh, and yeah. also the collaboration with the apparel. Mm -hmm. Can you talk like a little bit about these sorts of projects? Yeah, it's easy to collaborate on different things, I guess, because I do have that process of, of working on paper and taking it onto the computer and then putting it, you know, putting it out onto a wall. I just stop it before I get to a wall. <laughs> <It's> a 
<laughs> I just don't paint it on the wall. That's awesome. That's great. Um, except that the those are the tights that you're talking about with Pant Active. That is a wall. So they commissioned me to paint right. um, a mural down at their studio um, and then they photographed that and from that they created a re- repeat pattern that, that kind of goes out on the tights. And it's really nice because there is a really big difference between the work that I produce when I stop it before I get to a wall and the work that when it gets onto a wall because there's always – I'm just a vessel for like, you know, the stuff that I've produced but there's always a change and I just – I like it, the output – the final output as a mural is always much more beautiful to me than the mock-ups that I produce. Right. Mm. Um, the mock-ups are, I guess, a bit cleaner and tighter, but there's just an elegance to when you paint on a wall and, and a beauty that kind of you don't really get just from a vector file or from a digital file. So I'll always try and create something physical at the as, as an end result just because then that can be photographed and then reapplied to something else in right. that way. So, yeah, there's always... It's always sort of back and forth from digital to analog to digital to analog. And even if I go from the computer to a wall and then take a photo of that and then use that again in a digital space, like, mm. I don't know, I, I like that process of kind of like jumping over those different different areas. Cool. Yeah. It's yeah. that kind of thing when you record something and then you record it again and it, yeah. it's not, it's different, it's mm. changed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the nice pins pin. So that was for... Was it the legs on the wall? Did that have something no, to do that, with No, the legs on the wall that? is it? A... Yeah, what, what no. is legs on the wall? Because I found that in, through research. That's um. So legs on the wall is a theatre company based in Sydney and they do really interesting site-specific theatre and I painted a set for them which had four uh, gymnastic trampolines in it and so it was kind of like a parkour set that they had custom built for a couple of festivals that they go around to and so they had one in I think the Sydney Festival... Um, that was in Martin Place and so they they'd sort of just wanted to have this this set painted with all these different kind of geometric and colours and then they had um, the actors who were all in zoot suits, these like really stretchy zoot suits because they were just jumping on these trampolines and jumping over it and doing all of these amazing kind of feats. So wow. that was legs on the wall. The pins was for um, Stupid Crap who is, oh, right. um, yeah, Ben Frost down in Melbourne. Oh, oh amazing, right. cool. For the um, Kinzilla. So like community initiatives and stuff you get involved yep. in every now and then. So you've been in the Kirby exhibition and things like that. Mm-hmm. And from an outside perspective, it's it's really nice to see that mural kind of festivals, they're quite an even gender split. They're like There's a mm. quite a strong kind of female community within that. And exhibitions like Kirby are really amazing. What's that like for you being involved with such like an amazing kind of female community within the mural kind of space? Yeah, it's something that I'm super excited about is seeing such a strong female voice come up with painting it has been such a male dominated industry like street art and when you look back further Mm. even graffiti writing and even sign writing and traditional muralism has actually been quite a male dominated area I mean I guess like a lot of different industries but especially in the last I'd say maybe five years there's been just like this emergence of women who probably like me growing up would look at all of these boys and be like that's what I want to do like why there's no there's no one here that I can like you know look at to idolize and yeah it's awesome it's just really cool to see and there the split is getting like closer and closer together so I um wall to wall this year was I think 50 50 with men and women or there might have been more women and I'd say like the artists that I was excited about seeing were women yeah like that and and it just kind of there's a different feeling when you know that people are there based on their skill set and that yes. they are amazing and really well um, respected artists as opposed to just being there because they're women. Yep. You always know when you're there, when you're just like, yeah. ah, <laughs> yep, you're a woman. Yep. You do this thing, cool, come and do this the other yeah. thing. Like, you Be know, in our lineup <laughs> for like, us, not for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can always, you can, yeah, I feel like you can always feel it. But it's just, it's really exciting and awesome to see so many talented women kind of coming up and and getting recognized for this as well so I mean there's still festivals that I do where there's a a lot more men in it and um it's just something that's going to be like that for a while until until we kind of like equalize and even out but um yeah it's it's it is super cool yeah (laughs) and it's great I saw on your Instagram you reposted the the H&M copyright Mm. situation yeah that's been going around 
and it's just really amazing to see everyone just kind of banding together to yeah, stand against stuff like mm-hmm. that. I don't think um, they re- realized that was going to happen. <laughs> it's just great because, like, that will. I think that happened to a couple of artists. Oh, it happens um, all the time. And then everyone's yeah. just like, mm. "This is this is not fine," mm. and everyone just comes together and stands against it. Um, and, and so this is the case where they were like just ripping off artists' work and yes. applying it to their clothes and selling it. This, yeah. this was it one, something like that? this one was. Um, so there were Revoke had had done. He builds all of these machines that he creates artworks out of and and so it's much more about the process of building the machine and then the creation of the artwork but he'd done a piece that H&M had done a photo shoot in front of and then um, were just using to as a promotional kind of tool but they didn't credit him and so I think that he had sort of approached them and said look you know I didn't give you permission to use this and they said well you didn't get permission to make this so we're gonna you know take you we're gonna they essentially kind of like threatened him we're gonna you know take you to court or like you're just you know, an get, artist get you, and we're, yeah. the, we're, we're we've the got lawyers so well yeah because it, it wasn't them. illegal like it was a graffiti kind of piece that he had done they were like well you couldn't you don't have any rights over it and so the the it wasn't that exchange that was the problem the ex- what was the problem was that h&m were going to try and change the law so that copyright could be removed from any oh. illegal um, artworks created or anything that wasn't commissioned that was on the street which meant that it was would have been just a free-for-all Mm. Um, and that's that was the crazy, scary part, and that's why everyone kind of went up in arms because H and M was just like, "Well, we're just going to change the law so that, like, you know, intellectual property doesn't apply to things that aren't commissioned or that doesn't apply to things that that are just, you know, illegal and around." And that's wow. that's that would have been, you know, just terrible for on a global scale yeah. for that to have happened in the states, and then you know the the follow on effect from that. So mm. that was why there was a huge backlash. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What was the outcome of that? I think. It's, I think it's still going, actually, to be honest, because I think H&M were like, oh, no, no, no. We, we, like they, they released a press release saying, um, we've, we've, you know, we've, we've pulled back. We're not going to go ahead with any of these things. But then they hadn't. And so mm-hmm. the, the last I kind of checked in, it was still kind of in the works. And it seems like just as a really supportive community hmm. and everyone's got each other's back. It, it can be, really yeah. <laughs> I guess like, I guess like, like any anything. community. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, I, I'm super comfortable in this community. It, I've never been in, in such a community where I, I just, everyone is really lovely and nice and supportive. And it's funny because it is really competitive, but it, it's still nice. Like people are still nice people mm. and genuine people. I haven't, there's maybe like one or two, maybe one person that I've met who hasn't been engaged or nice or just, you know, interested in you as a person and mm. friendly. And even though we're all kind of vying for like similar jobs, it's still it's still not that kind of backstabby or, or, or it's not hard to kind of exist in this, this area or this community. Yeah. So, yeah. Can we talk about, I feel like there's, and you can tell me if you don't want to talk about this, huh? money. Like mm-hmm. How much does a war cost? And I, and I guess I'm looking out onto a war now. So what's that, five stories and I don't know, 20 metres across? You, you probably can look at that and say exactly what it is. But if I wanted you to paint that, um, so if you could just quote us for that right now, that's, just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's actually my. We've building. got the paint in the back room. <laughs> <laughs> um, so costing, costing is, um, I guess, like anything. There's so many different variables that come into when you are actually pricing a mural or um, costing up something, and so the things that you take into consideration are obviously materials, how many, how much paint you're going to be using, how intricate the design's going to also direct you with how much paint you'll be getting so something that has lots and lots of colors is going to require more paint because you can't buy paint in small quantities you know and is there a difference like if if that wall's in the sun so that that's going to need a different type of paint yeah totally if it's in the sun i'll generally not use uh spray and i'll do like a few coats of of paint um you can also get a coating to apply to it if you're really worried about like a uv coating and you know you can get a graffiti coating to it as well like all of these things are going to change the the cost of a wall and they also change the way that I approach a wall like you know my time on a wall might change from being you know two days to seven days depending on how intricate it is how much you want it you know painted what the wall is like so that wall um it's not a oh it's like a concrete that's been painted already so it's not gonna it's not gonna require like too many coats to kind of buff that back to a, a solid color to kind of start on um and so that's going to bring the quote down um but if it was just a brick wall which had really big grooves in it then that would quite you know would cost a little bit more and so yeah it's sort of <laughs> there's so many variants to it but and then and then to i mean i guess you talked about like a, a rising stage or 
Yeah, like, so, you need so if you've got a, a scissor lift or a boom or, or scaffolding or yeah. ladders, that'll cost as well with those sorts of things. Um, I mean, it must be a pretty athletic kind of job to do, yeah? Getting yeah. up and down ladders yeah, You don't need day. a gym membership. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't have a gym Check membership. Check out my calves. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it's something, it's funny because it's something that I didn't think about until I started talking to other artists. Right. So These of, really buff artists. Yeah, I was just thinking. <laughs> yeah, like everyone's standing around being like, protein oh. shake. Going to go paint some walls. <laughs> I love you that talk I like that for the rest yeah. of the day. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do voices today. Because yeah. <laughs> of, of the people who are painting murals and kind of on the circuit, there's only really a few people who probably paint as much as myself which is kind of a weird thing to think about because i was like everyone does this everyone paints every week everyone's always painting i'm always up ladders that's just how everyone does it and (laughs) recently i sort of chatted with like claire foxton and a couple of other people and they were like nah mate we we don't like (laughs) i'm really tired after a mural i need a couple of days rest like and i i just was i think because i've built up to this point and i just kind of i have the kind of um personality where i need to keep on moving I, i like being busy and I like doing things. And so I'll, I'll just jump from one project to the next and it kind of entertains me. And I'm a really physical person anyway. I, I like running or sport, you know, I've always been act, really active. And so it suits me quite well. The only time I ever injure myself is actually when I'm sitting down right. <laughs> or in bed. Weirdly enough, I um, rolled over in bed and hurt my back. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I also hurt my rib when I was um, sitting at a computer. <laughs> so, like, it's that, it's when my body stays still for long periods of time. Because yeah. I, I asked a physio, I was like, why? Why have I hurt myself rolling over in bed? And the physio was like, well, I guess you're just used to moving all of the time. So when you, your body stays still for long periods of time or in the same position and then you move, your muscles are just kind of not used to that. Mm-hmm. So that's a weird side effect of, of, <laughs> yeah. of painting. <laughs> so there, there's obviously quite a bit of risk as well, yeah? Yeah. Like being, being up on ladders if you fell off or? I've, yeah, I've never fallen off a ladder, thank goodness, touch, touch yeah, one. <laughs> um, and I, I probably pushed the limits a little bit far as well or, you know, further than other people because I, for some reason, just have absolutely no fear of heights. Like it just doesn't phase me in the slightest. And so I'll, I did a, a the mural I did in, in Melbourne for Instagram um, was about nine metres. It was like, it, it was quite high off the ground. It was like maybe like nine or 10 metres off the ground. Um, and I just had a, a huge ladder that I just kind of like leant against it, but it was also on a slight incline. So the ladder was on a slight angle. And so, <laughs> sounds, ter- sounds terrifying. <laughs> but weirdly enough, you can get away with a lot when you're on ladders. Like you don't, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, I'm not, condo- don't go out and do this at home. I'm not condoning you doing this, but you can get away. You just have to know your own limits and what you can do. And, and so, you know, you, you can hold onto a ladder and kind of like, jut your leg out and on an angle and kind of like lean over and so that it's it's easy to kind of get a lot of ac- access to harnesses it, or anything? Or? not for ladders yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't really for ladders I'd strap a parachute on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um in in boom lifts it's by law you have to wear, wear a harness and right. kind of clip in scissor lifts you don't really um but you do need a license to operate those machines anyway so i mean you just have to you just have to be logical about what you're doing and aware of what you're doing as well you can't not be aware of your surroundings when you're doing it and especially things like power lines i'm more scared of because if you're working near live electricity and you're in a really big metal cage then that's probably not going to work out well for you in the long run so mm. <laughs> like there's there's other things that i i think are scarier than sort of falling but that i, I probably say that because i have never fallen like you know if i fallen off something I, I might be a little bit more nervous but <laughs> so maybe as because we're, we're getting close to time but mm-hmm. Maybe as the last question, with, with how energetic you need to be and the risk, yeah. obviously, how long can you do this for? Is this, is this like George Rose 60 up on a ladder? No, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question because I'm super aware that I have a use-by date. You can't do this forever. Like you can't be working on ladders and, and, and painting murals and I, I can't really foresee myself doing this when I'm 60. And so the idea is to eventually jump across to be a showing artist in gallery and do more sort of like studio work in galleries. But I'm going to push it for as long as I can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I think realistically, I mean, at this level that I'm doing it, even just the energy that's required to be doing the projects that I'm doing constantly and the amount of work that I am outputting, I don't 
think it's feasible to keep up at this pace for longer than like maybe like I don't know five or ten years but that even that's like quite a long time thinking about it it's really it's but it's really hard to know because because I've built up to working like this it's hard to know how much you can push it because every year I kept thinking fuck this is so I'm so busy I can't I can't take on more I can't possibly do more and then the next year I, I do I end up <laughs> doing bigger jobs and yep. I'm, I'm working faster because I'm getting better at painting and I'm like, oh God, I can't possibly take on it. And then the next year, it's, it, so it, it's just kind of like, I don't know when it's going to plateau out. I, and I imagine it probably will. Um, and I probably, it would be better to be thoughtful about this and actually catch it before I burn out. Even, even you know, people like who have been painting for years and years ahead of me, um, they slow down at a certain point as well. So I think that's just a natural kind of progression. It's just, you know, you make hay while the sun shines and then you eventually slow down and, and, move across to something else yeah i mean the skill set's kind of transferable to a few different creative outputs so yeah and you could always paint kitchens <laughs> oh god <laughs> no <laughs> no <laughs> so to finish off where can people find out more about you and and not the george rose who's the rugby leader <laughs> He played for St. George Dragons, I believe. Rugby Leaguer. I think, yeah. I think Rugby he played Liga. for Canberra as well. Or I don't know. He actually um, contacted me on Instagram. No way. Yeah, yeah. because someone... You've got my name. Someone tagged him in a, in a photo and he said, am I going to get in trouble for this? <laughs> what? <laughs> and someone was like, nah, mate, it's a girl. She's an artist. Like, <laughs> I just tagged you because it was funny. <laughs> and yeah. then he, he was just like, ha, 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 hello. You've got my name. And I was like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> That's so Where funny. do we go from yeah. here? It's the only thing we, we have in common so much that in I common. can tell at the moment. I, just, I love the fact so that you wrote funny. back to him and said, I'll see you in court. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, we can't both be here. Yeah. It's like we can never exist in the same room at the same time. <laughs> this is why you left Canberra, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't do it. <laughs> Stop playing rugby league. But you have a website, you told me, but I've never seen your website. Uh, I have a website coming. Right. It's the. I feel like I'll give you the URL and, and hopefully it'll be here at some stage. It's just georgerose.com.au. Um, I can't tell you where. I'll keep you, I'll keep you posted on that one. Flynn, you love doing websites. <laughs> <laughs> you got some spare time. I'll you just it wanna, together, yeah, yeah just one, one evening. Just, just like. Um, and what about Instagram? You're Ooh. clearly on Instagram, so... Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, it's George underscore Rose on Instagram. I um, promise I will start posting a lot more often. A lot more stuff. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot on there. We we kind of poured over it um, yeah. leading up to this. I'm unfortunately yeah. have a bit of like anxiety around social media. Mm. Um, not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I just I'm just I'm so I'm painting walls all the time, and so I'm not really posting the projects that I do, and so I actually haven't released. A lot of projects. <laughs> so there's a lot of work that's not Yeah, it would be there. hard to yeah. keep up. Yeah. 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 That's what your manager is supposed to be doing, huh? Eddie, Eddie, if you're listening to this. this <laughs> get it together. Manager slash photographer. Okay, great. Well, we'll put that in the show notes so people can cool. check out check out a lot of your work and, and find out more. Not all of it, but some of it. And Josie, where can um, you find At Josie Young on Twitter and Instagram. Cool. That's, yeah. that's on the internet somewhere as well. Matt underscore really. Leach. Matt underscore Leach. You always, <laughs> always sell that so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find this episode or more at ausdesignradio.com and you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram and SoundCloud at ausdesignradio. Thanks, George. Thanks Thank for having you. me. Thanks, Thank you. Fun. Good luck tomorrow. Uh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs>